The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. Making sense of your finance. It is 8 minutes after 10 a.m. You are listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. I really, really do appreciate your company. It's it's an absolute honor and a pleasure. In this hour, we talk finance and consumer matters. And we start off with Brian Hirsch uh, on finance matters. Brian shared a really interesting article with, with, with me and the team around how to save some money on your bond. And I get excited about that because I, <laughs> uh, I, I need to figure that out. I need to figure that out as somebody that's about to have a bond and, and getting that extra savings in obviously, obviously matters. Um, one of the interesting things, and, and it's come up on the show in the last couple of weeks, Brian, one of the interesting ways of saving on your bond is getting a revaluation on your property value. Yes, very much. So. It's one of the one of the big reasons because we call it, you know, we call it loan to value of the property. In other words, yeah. how much? And is I just asked that you to? just have that mic a little bit closer to your mouth so we can hear you much clearer. I normally have it too far, too too close. But that's um, perfect. Yeah, Oliver. So that is one of the one of the big reasons because the bank is lending you money against the value of your property. The bank wants security. And if the value of your property is greater and the bond is lower, you should be getting a lower rate because their, their risk is less because there's much more value in your property. And that's why putting down a bigger deposit also results in two factors. One, it means that the, you, the amount you're going to take on loan is less and also you're a better credit the customer. And at the same time, when you talk about that, you also need to realize that your credit score is critical. People don't realize there's a, it's not like a, a cricket score or rugby score, yeah. but there's a credit score. Where do you rank in terms of credit? Why should you actually have that right? So, so which property value matters? I have a friend who recently tried to sell her house and she had three different evaluations done by three different evaluators and there were three different amounts. They weren't too far apart from each other, but there were three different amounts. There's no objective, clear cuts mathematical formula to which you use that will give you this exact same amount from if every evaluator. What then is the rule of thumb okay. as a standard practice? Well, well, let me say, there is there is an exact amount. It's what a willing buyer is prepared to pay, <laughs> a willing seller. Okay. Right. The customer is so, always right. Okay, so let's understand it. Let's understand it. <laughs> so even though three agents may give a different value, that in the end of the day, Whoever gets that buyer who's prepared to pay that price for that property will get it. It doesn't mean because you're a, you're a different agent that you'll get a better price. I mean, there's price. But as you say, I mean, today we've got rates and tax increases coming in the 1st of June or 1st, 1st of July. In some instances, they've increased the value of properties. And I'll give you an example. I was talking to someone this week. Their property currently is valued at 8.1. They've increased the value for the for rates to 10.3 million. The best price they can get from three, they've got three agents to give them prices all around the six million rand mark. And rates, the rates uh, level is at 10.3. They definitely need to do an objection. So if you get, you know, you must say to agents, look, don't give me, uh, the, you know, because whoever says to you and says, I will get you this amount for your property. And whoever appears to say they will get you more than the other two agents, you're likely to give them the mandate. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the thing. So you've got to get realistic. You've got to say, look, be realistic. What are you going to bring me? And the best way of being realistic, and agents may not like, 
like this. If they tell you your property is worth two and a half million and they bring you an offer of one and a half million, then tell them, you've given me 60% of what you told me I could get. You're the expert. You know the market. You know what's been trading in your suburb. I'm paying you 60% of your commission. See how they feel about that. So mm. you want the real price. So what you're saying By is, the way, how does that work? If you are the seller, do you negotiate with your agent what the yes, commission is? I, th- I think it's I think there's regulations that's set at seven and a half percent plus VAT, but very few people pay that. And very simply, I would always say to an agent, look, if you tell me my property is worth X and you're gonna bring me X minus thirty percent, firstly I'm not giving you seven and a half percent. I think going rate is around about five percent. And if you bring me a ridiculous offer and you expect me to take it, I'm also gonna reduce I'm going to reduce yeah. your commission because that extra bit that you get in commission whether you give me 2 million or 2.2 million to you makes very little difference okay. to me it makes a big difference so when so, you when you go to the bank and you want to tell the bank hey this is the value of my property the readjusted or reevaluated value of my property where does that valuation need to come from from the agents from three agents you need to say to the agent this is not for sale purposes but you know give me a valuation on my property uh, who knows? I may if, if if the value if I can get a great price, I may sell. But give it to me. I need that. And you know, agents will do that in your area. Give you a valuation of property, even if you have to pay them a little bit for their service, a few yeah. hundred rand to get it. And then go to the bank and say, right. So you my, take three valuations. Yeah, my the property bank. is this value. Now my bond is this. It's a lot less. I want to renegotiate renegotiate my price. And in this article, and I owe. I, I, I came a little bit unprepared this morning. I clean, I left my notes in my office, and I, I, I apologize to the author of this. It was Bonnie someone. And well, she I'll, told, t- I'll tell you the exact name. Have you got the name? <laughs> yes, I, I have to? the article with me. I read okay. it uh, uh, just this morning before we came on the show uh, when, when, when Kanye shared it with me, and yeah. I quite liked it quite a bit. It is from The Independent. It's from IOL.co.za. The author is Bonnie Fury. She's a property journalist. Okay, my apologies, Bonnie and AOL. Anyway, thank you for that article i was going to do a completely different subject but i thought people are really interested in that and then you know if we look at how stretched consumers are oliver the first thing is their bond costs and their finance for the motor cars have gone up because of interest rates secondly medical aids are going i mean discovery recently announced their increases from the first of april 9.9 percent on the top plans and 7.9 although they have made the comment you realize inflation is only 4.9 percent yes because no inflation figures are higher than that Closer to six, so three percent above inflation, but four percent. I'm not. Well, National uh, Treasury announced yes. in the budget speech they're working off an inflation assumption of four point nine. Yeah, well, that's, they're not working on it. And in, and let me tell you, consumer inflation and and retirement inflation is clo- is closer to eight or nine percent. Wow. Yeah. So, but if you take it that consumers are stressed, and Discovery have made the comments, I need, in all fairness, even though their top plan's 9.9, their bottom plan's 7.9, they're only increasing now in April, which means they didn't increase for the first three months of the year. So you got that benefit at the lower rate. It works out to about 8, 8.2%. Mm. But still, consumers are extremely stressed. So, consumer, they've got transport costs, they've got mm. food costs, they've got r- rising petrol prices. We spoke about that last week. So, Taking money off your home loan, so, you know, if you've got unhealthy debt, yeah. if you've got um, unsecured yeah, so, so my question is, once the bank agrees with you that, okay, this is the real value of your property, what happens after that? Do you get a better interest rate? Do you get money back? No, you don't or? get money back. You're looking for a lower interest rate going forward. And I can tell you on a 2 million rand property at a 10.5%, 
10.5% interest rate because prime at the moment is 1075 yeah. And at 10.5%, you'll save 0.61%. You'll save 813,000 rand a month. And if you put a, a, year, a you yeah, mean? 813 a month on a 2 million oh, rand bond rand by getting 0.61% reduction. That was what the article showed. So if you pay 10 That's and a half... nearly 1,000 rand. Yeah, nearly 1,000 rand. And if you put 1,000 rand extra into your, your bond, bond, you'll pay it off in three and a half years and you'll save, listen, 461,000 rand in interest. My goodness. So if you put 1,000 rand into an investment, you will not achieve 461,000 over that period of time over 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's a great way to use so your bond. So savings on your bond is a better investment return yeah. then. And then, <laughs> and then also what's also important, uh, important in your bond is you can, I mean, if people are stretched, it's not a good idea. You can increase the term from 20 to 30 years. You're going to pay a lot more interest, but it will certainly bring down your costs. And again, if you're in good standing, the banks may allow you to do that. You know, during COVID, some of the banks gave uh, contribution holidays or repayment holidays. You could look to the bank if you're really struggling at the moment. And, you you know, you could talk to your bank. You're going to pay it up again. You're not going to get it for nothing. What, what, what are the interest implications of a debt holiday well you you you've missed interest payments and you're in payment so either that's going to accumulate it's like any other debt it's going to accumulate but it's not going to put pressure on you because if you agree with your bank to have a six-month holiday you're going to agree at the same time that at the end of the period or you'll make it up by additional payments you're going to come to an agreement you're not going to save money but i can tell you right now if you're paying off your other debt and you're paying ridiculous rates of interest last week i mentioned credit card debt at 20 22 percent uh, I can tell you an amazing thing that happened to me this month. I paid my credit card. My credit card's on debit order. And because if you pay your credit card in full, you do not get uh, charged interest, They, my debit order... I don't know why they took 3,000 Rand less out of my bank account. So I didn't pay my credit card in full. My interest for the month was 2,700 Rand. They didn't take yeah. the right amount. So you pay enormous interest. So if you get a contribution holiday from your bank and then you pay off your other debt quicker yeah. and then you go back and then you don't re extend the term of the bond, but you now say to the bank, I, I've, I've, I've taken 40,000 Rand or 50,000 from my home loan over the last six months. I now want to put it back as quickly as possible. Then you're not extending that term and there's mm. a lot of other things you can do. By yeah. the way, you also need to know this article also, which I didn't know about, there is a, 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 a it's called Take Advantage of the Finance Linked Individual Subsidy Program. Uh, it's a government program. It's for South Africa, and you can do it retrospectively according to the article. Yeah, South Africa. Can yeah. I ask us to pause there because I want us to get into the details okay. of just how it works, the okay. mechanics of it matter. Give us a call: zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we continue. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Brian, I have a texture from somebody who says, estate agents can't do property valuations. It's illegal for them to charge for a valuation. Who does property valuations? Well, well, that may be illegal to charge. That I didn't know. But they can give you a valuation. That's absolute nonsense. They give you a valuation. When you want to sell your home, they come and give you a valuation. 
Yeah. We're not talking about we're not talking about a professional valuator. We're talking about approximation. What you're really trying to do is get some indication in the sub. Your rates and taxes bill means nothing, and neither does your fire insurance. Because let me say this to you: yeah. probably your fire insurance. Is, is going to value the property at a much higher price than the sale price today because there you cost the cost of rebuilding. You're building with new bricks and you and you, meanwhile your house is depreciating. So they can give you an, an estimate and that's yeah. good enough for the banks. We're yeah. not talking about a, a, an official valuation. In, in the event of a state, you have to get a proper valuation for that property. So you, you, you also then, if your property gets valued lower than what it actually is, you save on rates and taxes? Well, you, you may. You may save on rates and taxes because you've got to then, if your rates and taxes valuation is higher, you may, you've got to put an objection in. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to save. They may ignore it completely. <laughs> or, you know, who knows? I mean, yeah. I always wonder if you're going to put an objection is where does it go? Who actually looks at it? Yeah. Uh, you know, this particular individual who can get less than $6 million for his property and he's got a valuation of 10.3, he's got a very valid. And he's saying in the area, this is the value the properties have changed hand at. And number one, there was a property next door to me that sold for 5.9 million how can you put my value at 10.3 very justifiable mm. and he's also got his state value valuations yeah. so he's done it properly you, you know and also i think at a certain age if you're a pensioner and your property is worth a certain amount you can also get a reduction but just coming back to this question that you asked me about because i didn't know anything about the finance linked individual subsidy program that's a government program and it, it is for first-time home buyers so I, mm. You mentioned, and maybe I missed it in the article, that if you're a first-time home buyer and you've got it and it's retrospective, it's for people earning between three and a half and twenty-two thousand can can qualify. And subsidies range from between thirty thousand and one hundred and thirty-five thousand, and it's very reduced interest rates. Mm. So that could help you as well. You need to investigate, and particularly if, if you're a first-time buyer and you're planning to buy, and you earn between three thousand and a half and 22,000, have a look at the government incentive program. Yeah. Uh, you can also um, benefit from reduced transfer costs if your property is lower than 1.1 million. Actually, I had no idea about that. Yes, uh, the, yes. the first one, it was 1 million. It's now 1.1 million. There is no transfer duties. There's always some legal fees that yeah. you pay, but there are no transfer duties. And, and Even and, and, if it's not a newly built property? No, it's, it's, it's transfer on your property. If you're buying a property, because you pay transfer on the purchase price of what you're buying, whether it's old or newly built. If it's under 1.1 million, there's no transfer fees. And scaling up the first 1.1 million and then the next bands at 3%, 5%, and 8%. I mean, at a property at 4 or 5 million, you're paying, a lot, you're paying 8% on mm. that last level. I don't have the figures here where the bands change. Mm, that's, that's, that sounds like an incredibly lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. When you... When you're looking to sell, um, and, and, and a lot of people are, like I told you, the area where I live, there are nearly 200 properties currently on the market on Property24. When you're looking to sell, you're obviously looking to get the best value for your money, um, and you can be taken advantage of. How do you know what's a good amount of reduction to put, if, 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 if you're saying looking to sell for a million rand, 
and the agent comes and says, I can only get you 600,000 rand. Is it worth selling at that moment or should you still shop around? Look, uh, look, property at the moment is in the doldrums. I mean, properties are changing hands and people are giving away their properties. They're not, they're not, yeah. they're not selling their properties. Properties for the last five to 10 years have not appreciated. And that means there are always pockets in South Africa. So we don't need people from Bantry Bay or Schlanger yeah. phoning us and saying, my properties increase. But the majority of properties in South Africa, very simply, when you get an offer for your property, you know, you you shouldn't get a fright. I mean, if a million sounds a lot, you yourself know that that may be too much, and the agent may be just pitching it at that. But you don't, you yeah. know, if you're getting a ridiculous price and you're certainly not covering your bonds, don't sell. You know, the cost of moving, the cost of selling, the cost of buying a new property. You know, the one thing about property, if you buy and that you you look to be a buyer, Olive, don't fall yeah. in love with the property. Because <laughs> if you fall in love with the property, you're going to pay higher prices because you love the property. Fall in love with the position of the property, the opportunities. Do the, do your work and see, can I buy that yeah. property? Can I do alterations? Can I get that property to the level where I'd like it? Yeah. What though will those costs be? If you fall in love with the property, you're going to be giving the, buy, the seller a far better price. Just one brief question before I take Machilo's call. Uh, you, when, you, when you buy anything, right, a, a car or a house, you you go to different banks for different interest rates offers and and, and different uh, bond agreement offers uh, bond originators are they really useful absolutely Absolutely, because they're going to shop the market for you, and they get they know that you've been to your bank to find out what bond costs are. So if you go to your bank, and your bank says ten point seven five, you've already earmarked a, vic- a particular rate. You'll hear what they come back. They're only going to do business if you do if you actually give them the business. So you speak to your own bank first, and then go to a bond originator and let the bond originator they brokers they're going to get paid for placing your bond, and their job is to get you the best rate. And I can tell you that most people will find a bond originator quite useful in getting you the best possible rate because they'll go to all the banks. You can't go to all the banks because they don't know. You can go to your bank, but try and go to all the other banks. Where are you going to get service from? How are you going to mm. get real rates? Mm. And they, they they have those people on speed yep. dial. Yep. Uh, let's go to the lines. Machilo. Uh, I don't know where Machilo's calling us from, but Machilo, good morning. Machilo? Yes. Good morning. There we go. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm Phoning from, I'm, I'm in, in, in Pantan at the moment, Yeah. Uh, but I'm phoning with regard to an issue around valuation. So I'm, I'm a, a councillor on the South African Council of Valuers. It's a regulated statutory body that regulates all valuations in the valuation industry in South Africa. So, and I just needed to correct one of the things that Brian Hash has mentioned earlier. You asked a question around, can an estate agent conduct evaluation and can an estate agent provide evaluation? A simple answer is no. Um, the, the activities of estate agents, marketing valuations, and yeah. doing valuations is, in this country is considered illegal, and they're not allowed to do it. But they do it for marketing purposes. So if they would have to do it, they would need to call it something else. They, call it, they can call it an assessment. So Brian Hash is right. So they, can, they, they have to call it something else. So they can't call it a valuation. They, they can, can call, call it an assessment. They can call it an assessment because then you are... You are misrepresenting facts to your client. You're okay, so who so who can give you that you are lying. So who Sorry? can give you evaluation? The only people who are authorized to give evaluation are professionally registered valuers. Either is a, a and, and they are registered with the council, the one that I'm talking on, on, on their behalf, the council yeah. of valuers. 
uh, they have to be registered. Then you can call it evaluation. Hence, you'll notice that when you go to a bank and you apply, the bank will hire a professional valuer. If, if that amount that they provide to you was not done by, by evaluer, they don't call it evaluation. They call it a, an approval amount or they call it something else. Um, so, so we need to clear this thing out so that agents out there, um, although they use this for marketing purposes, mm. is that if that valuation that they're giving to yeah. a consumer was yeah. not done by a professionally registered valuer, yeah. that's not evaluation. It's, it's something else. It's an estimation. Yeah. Whatever they must, they can call it that. Yeah. But Machilo, just a, quick, just, just a quick question. Do, uh, 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 do, do, are these people expensive, valuators? Or... It, it depends on an area, on the size of the oh, property, okay. the type of the property. A residential is different from a commercial property. A property in Santin is different from a property in Polokwane. So it will depend. Okay. And and the same way when you go to a doctor, depending on your uh, your ailment. If I go to a GP and I go to a specialist, I'll pay a different price. So yeah, if yeah. I go to a and dentist versus an optometrist, do, so that, that, typically, that's the same way. Yeah, typically, yeah, and this is hopefully you can give value. me. Uh, just a very brief answer here. Yeah. Do agents work with evaluators or do they subvert them? Mm, some of them, but majority choose to subvert them because it's easier to do. And generally, when an estate agent gives you a valuation, how far off is it from a professional property value valuation? If, 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 if it's done, I don't know what method that, that estate agents use. Some of them use, um, they don't declare this to their clients, but they use computerized valuation. So, um, you know, in some instances, it can be very far off. So the rule of thumb is that there, any valuation between two valuers, professional valuers, there should not be a variation of more than uh, 10 to 12%. So, so because an opinion of two people cannot be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so you should be within 10, 12 percent of that value. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't speak on behalf of valuations that agents. Uh, majority of the agents uh, do computerized valuations, so they use these computer IT companies and they produce a piece of paper and then they market that as a valuation. Okay, Machilo, thank you so much for that information. Really, really do appreciate it. We're gonna take a quick break and wrap up on the other side of this. Kamukhalete lady has your headlines. Let's take a look at your markets. The rand is trading at 18 rand 29 cents to the dollar, 21 rand 99 cents to the pound, and 19 rand 52 to the euro. Markets in Asia ended mainly weaker. The JSE is mixed in mid morning trade. Markets in Europe are slightly down at this hour, while gold is trading at $1,848 and platinum at $973 per ounce. The price of brand crude oil is at $86.35 a barrel. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. We're going to take two voice notes just as we wrap this up with Brian. Let's have a listen at this. Good morning, Oliver and your guest. I just want to ask, when buying property, um, especially in the estates, or maybe also um, a standalone property, if the property is about 2.5 million and I want to pay cash for it. Is it advisable for me to pay the whole 2.5 or can I just, you know, pay uh, 1.8 upfront and go to the bank and get the 700K um, or vice versa, whichever this is, the, the scenario is. I just need to understand that in order to be able to, to cater for rainy days as your guest now is talking about when you say the thousand rent uh, on your bond after yeah. 10 years, it, it, it can come up to 400. 
and something K on, on your property. I just need courage only. Beautiful question, bro. Lovely question. May I just ask two questions? Number one, She's what is your... It's a voice note. Oh, I don't know what your age is. Depends on your age. Because as you get to retirement, obviously you don't want any bonds on your property. You want to pay your property up. But in your younger years, the power of gearing, gearing means how much you borrow. So if you've got a property in the state of two and a half million, you're going to put pay 1.8 you know, if you can afford the 700000 and you can then invest the money, your question is, can you do better on the investment than what you're going to pay in interest? That's the first question yeah. you need to look at. But over a long period of time, if you've got 10, 15 years, I would always take some bond. I wouldn't take – I would take an affordable bond. I would build in possibility of higher interest rates and then I'll make sure that if interest rates do go up, I've got sufficient. Uh, if it's a residential property, then you're not you're not looking for a tenant. If it's, if it's tenanted, it's a very different story because if it's tenanted you definitely want to take a bond because you want to be able to write off the rent uh, interest that you're paying and the costs against the rent so yeah. it all depends if it's, but if it's your own living if you're young take a bond that's affordable invest the balance also over a long period of time if you're older closer to retirement no bond go for cash let's have a listen at this one good morning oliver thank you thank you so much and good morning to brian i just want to find out i i have a, a bond with fnb and I, I I took the bond. I think it was uh, 450 at the time, and now I'm left with 300,000 that I, I must still pay. I pay like 4,500 or 5,000. Sorry, let me say five. I pay 5,000. So I saw this ad or of as a home loan that you can switch and and withdraw some money. So I'm looking at withdrawing 250,000 so that I can pay my car, settle my car, and my credit card, which both of them I pay like 8,500. 5,000 in the car and 3,000 in the credit card. So I'm looking for this 250 to withdraw this 250 so I can I can pay this debt. And I'm not sure if this is the right move. I know they will add this 250 to my current bond, my current balance, which is about 300,000. So please let me know if this is the right uh, move to make. Thank you. Bye. Okay, two parts to that question. The, the, the finance on your motor car the repayment is probably not as high as your credit card. Definitely take money out of your bond. You said you're paying 8,000 Rand a month into your credit card. Take it out of your bond, pay off your credit card, and make sure you pay your credit card every month. Now, take that 8,000 Rand and put it back into your bond. Do not extend the term of the bond. You've done exceptionally well. You've brought your bond down from 450 to 300. I'm rushing now, but we don't have much time. Take the 8,000, put it back into your bond so that you quickly pay that amount that you paid off so that all you've done is you've lowered the rate of interest. I'm not sure about your motor car because I'm not sure what the rate is but you certainly can compare the rate to your credit card. You're going to be paying virtually half the rate to your bonds. So the answer is, but I've given a quick answer you've yeah. got to look at it and make sure. One last point I'd like to make, the valuator phone he's absolutely right. Do a valuation official. But what is he doing a valuation? On replacement price of the property for your fire insurance or the actual sale price? Very different valuation and I, 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 I agree with him about an official valuation but estate agents are giving you and you've used the word in averted commas assessment mm. and that's what you need. If you then go to the bank and the bank said hold on we're not happy with these three assessments then you can get an official valuation but I can assure you if three of those assessments are close to each other the bank will then start to look at the value of the property versus the bond how much, ca how much value have you got in terms of your loan value and you may be able to reduce 
reduce lower bonds. Yeah. Your office number? 011-880-4888. People are not leaving where they're phoning from. They're not leaving the question. Please, if I can't get hold of you in your area, I'll pass it on to someone. If they don't know your question and I don't know where you're phoning from, I can't do Repeat that. that number? 011-880-4888. Brian, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it.